You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. Like the man said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, if you find yourself driving outside the range of our AM-FM connectivity, just recognize you can hear us anywhere you are. All you got to do is go to our website, rightsideradio.org, and click Listen Live. And no matter where you is in the world, you can listen to Right Side Radio. We got a bunch of Right Side ruffians out there, our listeners, the kind of people who say not on my watch, who I know will listen to the show on a regular basis. And folks, you don't want to miss it. We, we unpack the news literally as it unfolds. And we're doing that today with regards to Afghanistan and right now, I got a special guest on the line. Uh, I want to go ahead and go to um, uh, uh, Mr. Casey Wardinsky, uh, retired Colonel Casey Wardinsky. Uh, Casey is uh, currently a, a, a candidate for the uh, congressional seat being vacated by Mo Brooks as he runs for U.S. Uh, Senate. Uh, he also served as an assistant secretary of the Army for Reserve and Manpower Affairs after a long career in the military himself. Uh, Casey, thanks for being on Right Side Radio again. Well, thanks, Phil. It's good to be here today. Well, listen. This is a this is a heck of a day, and um, and yep. I, I've I've made it very clear to uh, hopefully the veteran community listening to the show that they did not lose this war. I, in fact, what I think I said earlier was it was not the boots that lost the war; it was the suits that lost the peace. That's what we're dealing with right now. Um, but give me your perspective, Casey. What are you seeing? Well, it's it's almost uh, you know too hard to believe that the war is ending the same way it began. Uh, it was a fiery day in. Uh, 9-11, when the towers came down and the intel community was caught utterly by surprise, along with the uh, permanent government in Washington, D.C., and apparently they're none the wiser. Uh, we've had too many of these surprises uh, that should not have been a surprise. Uh, I was listening to uh, one of these talking heads that's a retired four-star general on TV uh, discussing about how we're going to lose all these intel assets in Afghanistan that were vital to protecting our country. And it's just hard to fathom how that can be true. They were in country, and they didn't even see this. Obviously, they had no ability to detect the utter lack of will of the Afghan army to defend the government in Kabul and uh, stand up for what we thought we had created over the last 20 years. Uh, it's just pathetic how weak uh, these agencies are, uh, how weak the insights they render are. And frankly, from being inside the Pentagon, uh, my experience was there were people there more worried about uh, the reputation and poll standing of the Army uh, than they were in doing things that uh, furthered national security. We saw that with the riots when they didn't want to uh, use the Insurrection Act uh, in these very violent riots around the country. Uh, when they claimed to have uh, defeated the president's uh, this postulated coup by General Milley uh, and there were no forces available, it was because of optics. They didn't want a heavy military presence. And here we are again, no military presence almost to speak of, and this debacle of a withdrawal from Afghanistan is leaving now 7,000 troops, I think, in harm's way to go in and get folks out, and uh, way yeah. too late in removing our people, uh, and untold resources expended for no identifiable gain. Uh, across the board, it's just absolutely terrible. And I, I don't believe there's any way to blame this on the last administration. Uh, the president was very clear when he was elected, that these forever wars needed to end. Uh, the military drug their feet repeatedly in seeing to it that that was done in an orderly manner. And uh, they were trying to do that again. And here we are, uh, no orderly withdrawal, uh, a complete debacle. Casey, let me ask you this with regards to leadership. 
Um, I mean, I'm sitting here watching a video as you're talking. Apparently, President Biden is going back to his vacation at Camp David. Um, literally, he yeah. swooped in, did his press conference, and then basically went straight back to Marine One, and he's flying back to Camp David. Um, it, I, I have seen nothing that inspired confidence. His comments uh, that I heard earlier, and of course, I do come at it from a, a, a tainted perspective. I, I'm not a fan of the Biden administration, and everybody knows that. But then there's also the fact that we have other leaders in place. And I pointed out earlier, folks have already forgotten, I think, that the people that presided over the vacuum that was created when we jerked our troops out of Iraq the way we did um, gave ISIS the opportunity to come in and try to form its caliphate and then require us to go back in and fight again to regain territory that we gave to ISIS. Well, that was Vice President Biden and then CENTCOM Commander Lloyd Austin, who is now President Biden and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Some, someone's going to have to tender an offer of resignation somewhere in here. I earlier today called for Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and General Milley to offer their resignation. Whether it's accepted or not, I don't care, but they better offer it. But th those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Well, I'd be very surprised if they did because these people crave uh, power. Uh, they will the power. That's what they're there for. Um, they don't really crave accountability. I'd be very surprised if they offered a resignation uh, in any any point in time during this administration. Uh, they probably see themselves as blameless. Uh, you can see by the language they use that they they don't uh, feel that they're part of the problem. Uh, Milley, back in July, when when he was talking to the press about the prospects of the Afghan army uh, standing up to the Taliban, used the weakest possible language that you can provide to a decision-making team. Uh, he, he said... Uh, the Taliban automatic takeover is not a foregone conclusion. Well, who the hell ever gave advice like that to a senior leader? Uh, you give them things like, Mr. President, uh, there's probably a 20% chance that they'll survive within a year. Uh, they lack the will to fight. Uh, they have not created a cohesive national government. Uh, they have 14 tribes, uh, which you know are incredibly diverse uh, and have no interest in supporting each other or this fiction of a country, and they will disintegrate. That's advice leaders need not this weak stuff. Uh, and then he also went on to say, hey, they've got the capability. Okay, capability is nice. Will is important. And what's lacking is will, will in this administration uh, to make tough things happen, uh, will in the military uh, to make tough calls, and will in the Afghan army uh, to fight for a country that apparently was a fiction and has devolved back into 14 tribes loosely held together by their hatred of the West. And, and they'll be back at it again after us. And, you know, and I heard, I heard General Jack Keane, whose perspective I, I typically trust and respect. Uh, he's, he's a solid uh, uh, man of military experience, but he's also someone who provides good commentary as a pundit. He made a point earlier that, uh, and, and, and Casey, if I'm not mistaken, a part of your uh, military background was in the realm of logistics. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. And that being said, you, you would understand uh, certain aspects of the log trains that have to be in place to support uh, elements in the field and, and, you know, providing the opportunity for resources uh, because beans and bullets are really what wins the war very often as much as the boots. And, and, and that said, General Keene pointed out that the Afghan National Army relied upon the close air support from the U.S. military, relied upon the intel support from the U.S. military, and it also relied upon contractors who were there to keep their aircraft, the Afghan aircraft, uh, in functional capability, and that we pulled all of those out virtually overnight, leaving them no uh, log trains, intel capability, or maintenance capability, 
And and I, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Well, that sounds a little bit like Vietnam. I mean, we were supposed to provide air, air power and continuing logistic support, ammunition, and so forth. Uh, Congress pulled that rug out, but that took months and months to unfold in the collapse of the South Vietnamese army and government. Uh, this was overnight. Uh, they couldn't possibly have consumed the logistics we left behind. Uh, you know, the lack of air cover from their own resources uh, doesn't explain the, just the willy-nilly surrendering at the governor level across the country, uh, and then the you know the flight of the president with you know uh, what apparently, according to the Russians, is a, a treasure trove of cash. I mean, we had to know these people. We've been on the ground for 20 years. People in our government had to be aware of how shaky these folks were, and it apparently was not either communicated or heard at the highest level so that we could have an orderly withdrawal and make sure our people aren't now stranded at an airport and we're sending people into an airfield, which has got to be almost impossible to defend. Uh, if the Taliban want to start taking airplanes down, it, it is really tough to deal with those bunch. And the worst possible circumstances now to leave that country. It's just a disgrace. Well, Casey, can you hang on through a break? we got a short break we're going to head into, and I'd love to continue this conversation with you through the bottom of the hour. All right, folks, Casey Wardinsky, uh, former Assistant Secretary of the Army for Reserve of Manpower Affairs under the Trump administration, uh, a retired colonel with a military service that goes back many years, and now running for Congress. Uh, We'll have him back on in just a moment. Phil Williams here, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. We'll be right back after this. Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. Going to go straight back to our guest, uh, Casey Wardinsky, a former uh, retired Army colonel, uh, former assistant secretary of the Army for Reserve and Manpower Affairs under the Trump administration, and now running for Congress. Hey, uh, Casey, let me let me ask you this. Uh, my understanding is the Trump administration, while they did have a plan for a pullout from Afghanistan, which I, I get it, wars have to end, and I'm fine with that. Uh, they had what they called a conditions-based uh, withdrawal, meaning when certain conditions are met, we will begin to retrograde ourselves from the uh, theater of operations. We did not see that in the Biden administration. They just basically pulled the plug and let the water out of the, out of the tub. Um, your thoughts on conditions-based versus what we're seeing right now? Oh, absolutely. Uh, these, these people seem to have been driven by the calendar rather than um, the uh, circumstances on the ground. And uh, originally they were talking about uh, being out by, uh, you know, September 11th. Uh, earlier they talked about May 1st. Uh, the calendar isn't the way you run a military operation. You know that well. Uh, you run it based on the circumstances. And uh, the, the Trump administration uh, had put that together. Uh, you know, they had the opportunity the Biden administration to improve on it, use it. Instead, of course, they tossed it. And uh, what you have today is another disaster. Uh, we have a lot of people in harm's way over there, uh, frankly, that are probably uh, going to get out of there based on the goodwill of the Taliban, of all things, after 10, 20 years of fighting those folks. Uh, the United States should never, ever be in that position. Uh, the force protection uh, provisions, there are none that are detectable. Uh, you know, how long our folks can operate there on the ground. Uh, these are airborne troops, uh, airborne line of supply that is extremely tenuous. Uh, you got to wonder if any of that was thought through. 
It doesn't appear to have been uh, any better than the intelligence operation that totally missed the fact that the, the Afghan army and their, their political leaders had no intention of putting up a fight once we were out of the, out of the picture. Well, we've also lost Bagram. You know, they gave away Bagram early. That was one of the first things right. they did. In fact, there were there were reports that they basically uh, didn't coordinate with the local Afghan um, uh, Army Corps commander. They just pulled out in the dark of night and literally shut the power off and and left. And uh, yeah. but now it's it's very apparent that that while I I me personally I believe that Bagram could have been maintained as a forward presence in a theater. Uh, in which we are going to constantly have instability with, you know, Iran and Pakistan and China and the former stands of the Soviet Union. Um, all said and done, Bagram is not an option for us unless we have to go back and now reseize it because it's been under um, Afghan slash Taliban control since we left, uh, what, six, eight weeks ago. And, uh, right. and that means in order to use it for a, a staging operation, for, for, for a log train, uh, for, you know, establishing another airhead for uh, evacuating that we have lost that capability unless we send troops in to reseize what was ours just two months ago. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, certainly possible, but with the Biden team, I wouldn't bet too many allies would sign up to help us do that. You know, the, the supply line really came to the Hindu Kush from Pakistan. Uh, the vast majority of heavy equipment, the heavy logistics came from there. Uh, the ability to get that logistics into Bagram now would be really, really limited. Uh, the fact that the Pakistanis would uh, support us at this point, you know, to do that, uh, highly questionable. Uh, the other allies are punching out as well. Uh, and so it would be us alone back in there. Uh, it's just, it seems irreversible at this point. And uh, what we need to do is learn from this. Uh, the Biden team doesn't seem to be a group of learners across the board, you know, their vaccine policy. Uh, apparently, you know, they're going to go ahead with that, notwithstanding, uh, I believe they're getting strong signals. Uh, that uh, they will face a large number of soldiers who won't stay, and they're going to have a hard time recruiting most of the people that join the military. Uh, the preponderance come from the southeast, and uh, and those areas are very hesitant on vaccination. You know, you go to this white supremacy nonsense. Uh, they keep contending the military's challenges white supremacy and global warming. Uh, the military doesn't see global warming as a threat, and they certainly aren't uh, white supremacists. Uh, there were about 30 that we were worried about in the Army when I was in, uh, in January. And uh, we knew who they were, and, and uh, you know, we could deal with them. Uh, they just don't want to hear these kind of things. They're very ideological, very dogmatic. And uh, I would say it would be very, very tough to get back in with this group because nobody would believe them in the first place. And, uh, uh, you know, to get the military to do that, that's a heavy lift for our troops, having fought and died there and now fight their way back in to be at the end of a supply line. It's uh, very, very tenuous. Well, you, 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 your comments echo uh, something I said similar earlier uh, in the show, and that's the fact that uh, the the leadership must be, you know, in, in the United States Army, unlike many other armies, our, our troops often want to know why, and they want to trust their leaders as opposed to just blindly following them because they're told to. And, and, and that being said, you, you've got an absence of uh, confidence right now, even, even exacerbated by the fact that as you and I are talking, uh, Casey, as, as you and I are on the phone together right now, it appears that what President Biden did was he, he flew in from Camp David, gave a 20-minute um, uh, speech, and then went back on vacation while he's ordering more troops into harm's way. And uh, and that's, yeah. that's pretty awful. Drive-by leadership. Drive-by drive leadership. Well, listen, uh, uh, we're up against that break. So, uh, Casey Wardinsky, uh, candidate for Congress, uh, we, uh, we appreciate your time here. Uh, we appreciate your service and your perspective. And if, uh, if need be, we'll call you again see if we can get you back on, okay? Thank you, Phil.
All right, thank you. Hey, folks, that was Casey Wardinsky, who, like I said, is currently a candidate for Congress, running for the seat being vacated by our current Congressman Mo Brooks, uh, who, who who has a long a career uh, in the military, uh, followed by um, a career uh, working as a senior-level um, uh, position in the Trump administration's uh, Pentagon as the Assistant Secretary of the Army for Reserve and Manpower Affairs, and giving his color commentary on where we are right now. All right, folks, when we come back, I'm going to open those phones back up again. I want to hear what some of y'all have to think. Some of you right-side ruffians out there, what do you think about Afghanistan and what we're seeing? And what do you think about Biden's speech? And what do you think about the fact that Biden just flew back, literally just flew back to his vacation, Camp David? 866-494-9866. That's 866-494-9866 on Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. We got plenty more where that came from. Call us in. Give us your perspective. We'll talk to you soon.